You are listening to the Law and Gospel on this Rumination Thursday, September the 9th in the year of our Lord 2021. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me we have our good friend, Pastor Wes Reimnitz. And what we're going to be talking about a little bit is the COVID-19 pandemic restrictions really began affecting worship services around the country. And so they did a survey as of June of 2020, thinking that, you know, we were near the end of the pandemic, but it has even gotten worse. Many locations still remain locked down, and numbers of cases have risen, and the economy has reeled. All of these aspects have impacted our congregations and will continue to have an effect long after the pandemic is over. So, Pastor Reimnitz, what did you find interesting in this survey? Overall, what I found is congregations and pastors found a way to to worship. uh, While there was shutdown in many areas, and for instance, uh, the largest shutdown area that was impacted were the where the churches in California, where they remain closed a lot longer than elsewhere in the country, but but they found ways to worship. They found ways to to, to, to come together that uh, I thought was rather interesting. Yeah, and our own, uh, where I'm doing four congregations in central Illinois, uh, beginning last Sunday, we were now instructed by the uh, person who's in charge, the governor, that we need to wear masks if we're going into worship. So we had masks for worship. We were able to take them off when we sang, but by and large, they were to be on the rest of the time. So this thing is far from over. Right, and that that brings up a very interesting question, you know, that... that uh, it was kind of brought out in the survey a little bit, but uh, should we be required to follow and obey the governor of our state or any state when they uh, mandate that you should wear a mask? Well, that's a uh, kind of a two-kingdom question. Do we follow the government or not? And uh, congregations are split on that. Some congregations feel... No, the government can't tell us what to do in our worship services. And, in fact, uh, in my own home congregation, 2,000 members, we were only allowed to have 50 individuals in church at a time, and they had to phone up ahead of time to be assigned a seat. So when I'm going down the street and a police car pulls me over, uh, I'm not going to say to him, well, I have to listen to my God. I'm on my way to church. You can't give me a ticket. Didn't you have a story about that? (laughs) Yeah, one of the parishes that I served, uh, I had a state trooper as a member of the congregation, and he had uh, relayed to me a story that he had gotten that in a neighboring parish, uh, one of the ladies was on her way to a Bible study, and... uh, she was uh, 20 miles an hour over the speed limit because she was in a hurry. She was late. He pulls her over, 
and said, uh, you know, ma'am, you were 20 miles an hour over the speed limit. She says, well, I'm in a hurry. I'm doing, I'm going to a Bible study, you know, so you need to kind of let me go and go on my way because I'm doing duty for God, you know, so to speak. Well, he wrote out a ticket and gave it to her, and he goes, ma'am, I want you to know I'm a Christian too, and I believe God's given me the ability to write out tickets and to carry on and keep people like you safe on the road and others safe on the road. Yes. Now, what has happened is many congregations have been putting their worship services, you know, over the Internet, and people can listen to them there. And according to the survey, uh, 90% of the congregations surveyed modified the logistics for observing communion when gathered together. Uh, My congregations no longer give out with a cup. They're all individual uh, little cups and and the bread. So that's been a big change, too, in the communion. Right. Well, in in the midst of this, before they lifted the restrictions on worship and here in Illinois, they they went to uh, uh, individual uh, packages of wine and, and wafers, and when it opened up, uh, they offered the the uh, cup. But I noticed, you know, in some of the churches that I watched, uh, more have have gone to the individual than the common. Yes. The Senate has come out strongly against pastors distributing these little containers through their congregational members at home and then doing the Lord's Supper over the Internet. And why did the Senate come out against that practice? Well, how, how, how do you know who in that household can take communion, can't take communion? Uh, it, it really comes down to uh, what individuals are and, and uh, the efficacy of, of the Lord's Supper. Yes. The number one concern is whether people will start coming back to church. Will they be feeling comfortable in the public again? And what's your thinking there? Uh, I think it's a valid concern. It's not that they're against worshiping with one another. It's it's being in in crowds. They've come a little bit shy of of being in crowds, and I think that has to be relearned. Uh, I I think one of the aspects of that is uh, I got to wonder, you know, um, whether they're more comfortable with online worship right now versus attending church. Yes. Part of the problem is, and this kind of surprised me, 15% of the congregations surveyed said their pastor contracted the virus. Yeah. Well, here in Illinois, our central Illinois, our district president tested positive and had to go into quarantine for a time. And I know of a friend of mine that's a retired pastor. He's got COVID and his wife's got COVID and she's been in the hospital for 
more than two weeks. So uh, it seems like among the clergy, it's it's a higher risk factor. Yes. There's no doubt there's an impact on congregational finances, although they discovered in the survey they were not a major problem for many congregations. And this survey found the situation has improved since then. For example, when our congregations were down, you could still send your money through the Internet, and they gladly received that to continue the mission work that they were that they were doing. Yeah, I know others that uh, got it by mail. I mean, we were doing ours by mail, and... Uh, they were getting them and cashing them. Yes. In the survey, one in ten congregations say they are much worse financially than prior to the pandemic. And so oh, yeah. that could be a real problem. Well, why would that be? Is there not, are they too small in an area where, uh, they can't uh, internet or they can't receive mail. I don't know why that would be down so we much. We have a lot of congregations that on a Sunday morning, only about 50 people attend. Uh, and so with the pandemic, you could be down to maybe 20 people attending. And in some areas, it's not easy to send in the money. And these congregations are in problems. I, I know of four congregations that have closed already. And mm. that's just my experience. Well, it brings up a, a question I, I think we've been asking and thinking about is, why is it important that we worship together? It's important that we worship together. Because there's things that happen in the liturgy that are very difficult to communicate with over the Internet. Not only the Lord's Supper, but how do you do infant baptism? Mm. And then you've got the absolution. And it's difficult for a pastor over the Internet to say, upon this your confession when he hasn't heard the confession. Uh, okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, a, a friend of mine that I have coffee with during the week says, you're going to church this Sunday? I go, yeah. He said, well, why are you going? I said, I need to hear, they need to hear my confession, and I need to hear the absolution from my pastor. Yes. Yeah, that's really important for them. It... Um... The suburban churches were about 31% that replied. Then you had urban, 11%, rural, 19%, and the small city, 39%. So that's how you get to 100%. That's how they were divided up. But what surprised me was that the urban centers, and that would be like St. Louis, Los Angeles, only 11% of those took part in the survey. Yeah, but that 
They also pointed out where, because you mentioned L.A., were a lot of large parishes out in California that were under shutdown. Yes. So what's the impact on individuals? On individuals? Yeah. I think they're, they're concerned about whether uh, they, they uh, contacted uh, COVID-19, and yes. it's already at least one, one person died. In fact, didn't they say what an estimated 3,000 LCMS in that time period had died from COVID? Well said. 3,000 members in LCMS Lutheran churches died from COVID-19. And part of the problem there is that they could also die from being in other places. For example, even though the churches are supposed to put on masks, is that true? And I don't know the answer to this. Uh, at a football stadium or a baseball stadium. <laughs> that, that, you're stealing my thunder. I was thinking the same thing. Is These mass sporting events, how do they, they can uh, consist of, of the same manner? So, but the other factor was that uh, the 3,000 deaths, as they did a population ratio, wasn't a whole lot different than what the national average was, and in uh, percentage-wise, that they they seemed to mirror one another. But behind that, where it was, uh, I know, several places that uh, they said. If you had a death, counted as COVID. If you had a heart attack, it was COVID. If if they died of pneumonia, it was COVID. So there, in those numbers, are not just only LCMS, but I mean nationwide, are caught up in in uh, other factors that cause their death. Uh, yes, part of the problem of the 400 congregations uh, that went through a time when their pastor had to quarantine, either because of catching COVID or possible exposure. Now, why is that happening to pastors? Well, they they tend to be out and about. Right. Or, or you know, someone's coming in to see them. And it isn't just only their members. You, you have people that... Uh, are homeless that are looking for shelter, looking for food, or looking for some problems so solving. So it isn't just just the membership that they're seeing. Yes, and when a member doesn't attend church, they're losing not only stuff in the liturgy, but many of them are complaining that they're not being able to be taught their own questions. And they can't really talk to people about things that are going on in their lives. And so counseling is really down. Right. Well, uh, it, it was mirrored in this uh, survey. I and mean, I've, I've heard it from, from many uh, out there that they missed singing the hymns, for instance, in, yes. in worship. And that seemed to be... Uh, uh, very important point to them to, to sing praises to the Lord. 
The other thing that certainly has occurred is when someone dies, funerals usually take place with just the immediate family. So I know of a person really close to us, he died, and the family is expecting to have something in oh, a few months uh, after the COVID is reduced. But right now, they aren't able to do that. So at the cemetery, only the immediate family was there. Right. Well, that uh, happened here in CID at the height of the COVID. A, a, a pastor friend of ours passed away because of cancer, not COVID, but cancer. And the family had was it was the right of the family right at the graveside services, and that's that's all that was allowed to attend. Now, for I as a pastor. Four congregations, there were people not only in the hospital, but also at retirement homes. And guess what? I was not permitted to visit them. Right. Yeah. It was uh, It was the same for, for me when I got calls from out of town to go visit somebody. I said, I can't. I said, I'm, I'm restricted from going into the hospital. Yes. In fact, I've been in the hospital for a little bit, and my wife wasn't even allowed to come into the room. Mm. So you, you know, can understand that things aren't really going well. Well, you, you can understand that it's not going well, but, you know, we when we decided to do this as a topic, I... I just went back and did a little bit of research, and and I think one of the things we're missing is the catechism. You know, when when it comes to the fact that we can't all gather together during the week sometimes um, for a Bible study because of the COVID, one thing that families can do is the catechism, because when you read Luther's small catechism, this is as the head of the household should teach his family. Yes. And you see, each governor has different restrictions. The survey showed that only 10% of the churches had no restrictions. 83% capacity was limited as to who could come to church. 73% masks were required. And 49% the gathering was actually prohibited. You weren't even allowed to come to church. And so that's where some people really disagreed with the political sources. You, you can't really keep us away from coming to church. But Right. And, it, and it's, a, it's an individual call that they have to make at that point. Um there again, I, I come to think about the worship restrictions is uh, we we should pull out our catechisms and and uh, give them every week uh, a little bit of catechism instruction. In one of the parishes that I served, uh, they they had a former pastor that taught a little bit of transubstantiation. 
And uh, I started the congregation on reading the catechism, and I started out with the sacraments and got to the Lord's Supper, and they go, well, that's not how we learned it. And I said, well, that's what's in the Bible. Yep. What churches have done, 92% went online. And I know for about, oh, six weeks, I did a sermon that the four congregations could hear online because a number of them weren't even having services. And so that was one way that happened. Others tried outdoor services or other accommodations, but only 4% had no accommodations at all for being able to hear the worship service. Well, yeah, that's, uh, I don't, I can't understand those that didn't have any accommodations, but uh, I think the rest um, online, uh, online live services, I can uh, see that there and recorded itself. I, I remember during the height of this, I was watching up to five different worship services on a Sunday, and just taking a look at how different churches, Missouri Senate churches, were doing it. Yes. Yeah, you can go and then you can hear the sermons, and it gives an opportunity. I also did a phone Bible study. In other words, people could phone in, I would do a Bible study, and while I was doing it, they could interrupt me with questions. And that was every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. So you could do a Bible study, but of course there's no liturgy in that or the Lord's Supper. Supper. Yeah, there's a, a they call it Worship Anew or worshipanew.org out of Fort Wayne that used to be called Worship for Shut-Ins. And they have six Missouri Senate pastors, and they do a short version uh, of, the, of the, the worship service, and they do a rather good good review of, the, of one of the lessons in the sermons. Yes, that's at least some way in which the people are still receiving the Word of God, because that's the most important thing. The churches where the Word of God is preached in its purity and the sacraments are administered right. rightly. So right. these churches that are thinking about only going to the computer after the virus is over, I think they need to rethink that. I do, too. And, of course, there's KFUO and uh, some of the churches that they have on a Sunday morning. Yeah. And, and But they still encourage, you know, when the churches are open, that their members attend. Exactly. And a lot of people who listen to that are shut-ins, and the pastors would visit them to give them communion and such. And I've done some... Uh, infant baptisms at the homes of members when we were unable to get to church. Yeah, and I I think worship as it kind of keeps my theology in check, you know. Uh, 
we think this, we think that, but uh, Sunday morning we go and hear the word and say, this is what God thinks. Yes, next week we're going to talk about the distinction on Wednesday between academic and everyday theology. And I hope that people will be listening to that. Well, thank you very much, Pastor Reimnitz. Uh, This survey is available on the computer, and we hope that the virus will soon be gone. Tomorrow is Open Mic Friday. You can email me a question. Until then, God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.